coming up. And he maintained that he did it while he was sleep, that he was sleepwalking. I didn't really realize uh, what he had done, that he thought it was all some type of dream. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. Uh, the court's going to call Benjamin David Elliott. Mr. Elliott is charged with the first-degree felony of murder. I do find that there is sufficient probable cause for his case to go forward. In Harris County, Texas, a 17-year-old has been charged with murder and the death of his twin sister. But he says he was asleep when the alleged crime happened. Harris County Sheriff's deputies responded to a 911 call shortly before 5 a.m. Inside, they say they found 17-year-old Megan Elliott stabbed multiple times in her bed, a knife on the ground. Her twin brother, Benjamin, was on top of her, performing CPR. But investigators say he is their suspect. Marcelino Benito joins us from KHOU in Houston, Texas. Marcelino, detectives in Harris County have been trying to figure out what exactly happened in a home near Katy, Texas on Wednesday, September 29th. Take us back to that morning when police respond to this home just before 5 a.m. What happened? Well, the call came in around uh, 4.15 in the morning. Uh, Harris County uh, Sheriff's deputies responded to this scene out in Katy, Texas, a suburb west of Houston. And when they arrived, they found a 17-year-old young man on top of his sister in bed giving her CPR. And what that call came in as, uh, this young man, Benjamin Elliott, 17 years old, called uh, deputies, called 911 and said he'd uh, stabbed his sister, his twin sister, uh, while she was sleeping and uh, while he was sleeping as well. So he admitted uh, to doing this and he he blamed it on the fact that he was sleeping or dreaming, uh, as he mentioned in court at the time. Detectives trying to decipher what happened inside this Katie home early this morning. Pretty rare that you have, you know, something along these lines where siblings. And this 17-year-old Benjamin Elliott, he's actually the person who called 911? Yes, uh, Benjamin called 911 himself. He was the one that spoke with operators. That call came in around 4.15 in the morning, and he admitted on that call to the operator that uh, he had stabbed his sister and that he'd done it uh, while he was sleeping. And do we know, was anyone else, were their parents in the home when this happened? Yes, uh, the, the twins uh, lived with, with their parents, and we're told by investigators that the parents were home at the time. They were sleeping at the time that all this happened. They were asleep from what he told us, and they were awakened by um, him uh, performing CPR and yelling for help. Uh, on the 911 call, we're told uh, by prosecutors, you can actually hear the parents when they are woken up by Benjamin, and you can hear them shouting and sort of distraught, uh, screaming in the background. Uh, when they realized what had happened uh, to to their to their daughter, we of course cover a, a lot of upsetting stories on this podcast, and you know what we know about this story so far. It's just it's an unimaginable scene. I know you've spoken to one of the responding officers, Deputy Thomas Gilliland. What did he share with you about what happened after he arrived at the home that day? Well, investigators told us it's just a very unusual case. They've seen these cases before. But the fact, uh, you, you don't really, you don't see very often uh, siblings uh, hurting each other, killing each other, especially in this type of manner. And these these weren't just siblings. These were uh, twins. Um, and by all accounts, they were incredibly close. Because siblings are normally very close. And you really have that kind of bond between 
but again, people have, you know, things happen. Uh, when deputies arrived, they found uh, Benjamin in his sister's bedroom on top of her. He was uh, performing CPR as he was instructed to do so when he, when he called 911. And uh, it appeared that he was, he was trying to save her life. Uh, she, she unfortunately died a few minutes after EMS arrived that morning. Uh, she'd been stabbed twice uh, in the neck. And uh, he was distraught, we're told. The parents were distraught. It was just a very grisly and unusual scene. At this point, do we have any other information about what might have been going on in the house leading up to this the day before or the night before? That's questions that, that have been top of mind since we started covering this story. What would motivate Benjamin to do this to his sister, uh, Megan? And those questions are still uh, unanswered. In court, uh, we did learn a little bit more about their relationship. We're told they were incredibly close. Uh, the family has said as much in a statement as well. So we, what we know so far about the relationship between the twins is that they, that they got along. They were described to us as loners uh, who really stuck among themselves uh, on campus at their at their local high school. They went to Side Park High School here in, in the Katy area. And uh, it was just always him and her together. Uh, they would always be seen uh, walking home from school together. The neighbor next door told us the, the day before he'd seen them walk home from school um, from the bus stop. They were talking normally. They seemed to get along every time they were seen on, on the sidewalk. One neighbor even told us an anecdote where uh, the brother uh, pulled out an umbrella uh, for his sister when, when it was raining just to make sure she wouldn't get wet. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, the family reiterated that via a statement. They haven't given us any interviews, but did release a statement through the through their attorney and said that they uh, were incredibly close, that Benjamin loved his sister, and they too are trying to come to grips with what may have led to to this uh, that morning. What else did you hear from neighbors when you were out in this neighborhood? How were they reacting to hearing about something so awful happening so close to home? Well, they were in shock, uh, for one, because, again, it's so unusual that a twin would uh, hurt his his fellow sibling. Uh, twins, as, as you know, are incredibly, usually, uh, very incredibly close to one another. They have that, that bond more so than, you know, the average sibling. So they were shocked for that reason. And then to know... Um, that she that she died obviously, and that the fact that they'd seen them so recently, they would see them uh, a lot of times just walking home from school. So they didn't really know them. They said the family kept to themselves. They didn't really speak to the twins, but they did see them interact. Uh, a lot of these uh, neighbors have students who went to school with them as well. So they they knew who these kids were in terms of seeing them in the neighborhood, seeing their their rapport when they were walking uh, down the sidewalk. And it's just, it's a story that sort of sticks with you just for the, the graphic nature of, of what uh, Benjamin is accused of doing to Megan and knowing that uh, he, he loved her, according to his parents. They were, they were incredibly close, and yet this is how it ended. And aside from this being incredibly sad, it's also just bizarre. I know there have been other cases where one person has killed another person while, while sleepwalking, things like that, but it's, it's not something you see often. Are you aware of other cases like this that have happened in the area in recent years? We, we did talk in our, in our meetings when, when this story broke. Uh, in, in recent years, there has been at least one other case that, that our newsroom recalled where this type of defense 
was used or where, where this explanation was given by, by the suspect that they were sleeping or they did it while they were sleepwalking, that they thought it was a dream. Um, so it is something that's been used before. It could be, we spoke to legal analysts, you know, right after the story broke to see where this might be heading. And uh, we're told this could be laying the foundation for a insanity defense. Uh, I can tell you that Benjamin uh, has bonded out. He's no longer in the Harris County Jail, uh, but his parents have opted to admit him to a local uh, hospital that focuses on behavioral and mental health. So while he's out on bond uh, awaiting trial, his parents have decided not to bring him back home. And he's at this facility uh, north of Houston. Um, but to answer your question, yes, uh, these cases have happened before with this type of explanation, but they're, uh, they're incredibly, incredibly rare. Benjamin Elliott is 17 years old, as we've mentioned, the same age, of course, as his twin sister, Megan. What charges is he facing? And do we know yet if he's going to be tried as a juvenile or as an adult? Uh, he's been charged with, with murder. And we do know that he is, in the state of Texas, going to be tried as an adult. Here in Texas, the law is if you're 17 or older, you can be tried as an adult. And prosecutors uh, have decided that that's the route they're going to pursue. So he is facing those murder charges. And uh, if this does go to trial... Uh, he will stand trial as an adult. The offense date is September 29th, 2021. Officers were dispatched to a specific location. You mentioned that he's now out on bond. Prosecutors walked through some of the facts of the case during a bond hearing the day after the incident occurred. Did we learn any new information through that hearing or what, what stuck out to you from that? Well, we learned uh, about the timeline, which, which was a little off uh, once we heard uh, Benjamin's side of things from his conversations with investigators. So in that court hearing, we learned more of the specific timeline of what happened that morning. Officers met with the defendant, conducted a custodial interview. The defendant stated that between 2.30 a.m. and 3 a.m., he woke up in the complainant's bedroom, his twin sister, with a knife inserted in her neck. According to Benjamin, uh, he told investigators that between 2.30 and 3 uh, that morning, uh, he woke up uh, in his sister's bedroom on top of her, and that when he woke up, he saw a knife, uh, you know, jabbed into his sister's neck. Uh, at that point, he told investigators that he thought it was all a dream. He quickly realized it was not a dream, it was real life. The defendant stated after realizing he was not dreaming, he removed the knife, placed it next to the complainant, turned on the light to the bedroom, applied pressure to the wound with a pillow. He then told investigators that when he realized it was not a dream, he ran back to his room, grabbed a cell phone, and called 911. That's where the timeline gets fuzzy and things get a little bit confusing uh, because the 911 call came in around 4.15 in the morning. Uh, Benjamin says he realized uh, he wasn't dreaming and he'd stabbed his sister between 2.30 and 3. So there's that one-hour gap that really caught my attention that will have to be filled in to see uh, what really happened between that hour. But as soon as, uh, as soon as that 911 call was ultimately placed by Benjamin, he immediately, uh, per the per the operator, started following instructions and performing uh, CPR on his sister. In fact, he performed CPR for several minutes before the operator even told him to um, go wake up your parents. Uh, so he, he was mid-CPR when he was instructed by the operator to shout and, and wake up his parents so, that, so they could come. The defendant stated he does not suffer any sleep irregularities. He did not consume any narcotics, alcohol, or prescribed medication that would affect his sleep pattern. 
The officer reviewed the 911 audio recording made by the defendant, learned the defendant identified himself when he contacted 911 at 4.11 a.m., whispering, stating he had killed his sister by stabbing her in the neck. What's next in this case then as it moves forward? What's the next date that you're looking ahead to? He's due back in court at last check uh, sometime in December. Uh, Obviously, we're going to have to keep watching uh, what develops in terms of uh, his mental health and what uh, defense his defense team might uh, put together in terms of, of that. Uh, as I mentioned before, for the moment, uh, which is rare, I believe, I, have, I hadn't heard of this in this type of case, but uh, he was able to bond out. His parents bonded him out, but by his parents' own choice, uh, they decided they did not want him to be out on bond at their home. So they have sent him to a facility north of Houston. He's been admitted there, and that's where he is currently as he waits for this legal process uh, to play out. But again, we should get more answers about the trajectory of this case and where it's heading uh, during that next court date sometime in December. Marcelino Benito with KHOU in Texas. Thanks for sharing this story. Thank you. And thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Crime. For the latest on this story and more from Marcelino Benito, you can head over to khou.com. And for more podcasts, you can head over to vaultstudios.com or type Vault Studios into whatever podcast app you're listening on right now. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. <laughs>